Hey lady, I know you. I know you because I am you. You're a helper, a healer, a coach, a provider, and a caretaker of your community. But you've forgotten. You're also one person with limited capacity. And you've been pouring from a cup that's had a dangerously low capacity. I'm here to remind you and to affirm to you, the first person you should be taking care of is you. So fill your cup. Go on. Keep filling. Now, before you share it, let it overflow. You see, the overflow is the good stuff. That's the stuff that nourishes those around you. That's the stuff that brings happiness to not only you, but to all of them. Maybe this might resonate if I say this in a different way. Put your oxygen mask on first, then help the people around you, your clients, your community, your loved ones. And what will happen if you don't? Well, take a listen. Welcome to the Black Girl Business Bar podcast, a podcast for Black entrepreneurial women who crave practical information that they can immediately implement in their businesses and careers, who want tips and tactics that work, and who want on-the-go mentorship that will make a difference in their businesses, projects, and life goals. I'm Khalida Dubose, and in this podcast, I want Black women to know what's possible. That means tapping into resources and gaining access to capital, mentorship, and big opportunities. But it also means making more money with ease, truly owning your own time, investing in yourself, building momentum in your business, and so much more. Black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in the U.S., yet they also have the hardest time sustaining and growing their businesses in meaningful ways. And many businesses owned by women of color share a similar reality. I want you and every woman in this community to learn how to radically trust yourself and understand what you intuitively need to thrive not only in your business and career, but also in your life. And I want the Black Girl Business Bar community to be there with you every step of the way. Are you ready, ladies? Let's do it. We're hanging out with self-proclaimed burnout whisperer, Irena Sargent. Irena is a burnout coach and the founder and CEO of Hooky Wellness, the first stop for burnout relief. Her personal experience with burnout, coupled with a desire to help others who are experiencing the same symptoms of burnout she knew all too well, set her on a mission to make navigating the experience of burnout easier. Irena believes it's more important to know where we are in relation to the cycle of burnout versus never being stressed or having a perfect life or perfect work environment. Irena and her team at Hooky Wellness help clients avoid burnout or learn to navigate through it with a unique approach that focuses on three core steps that tackle burnout in a real, realistic, and relevant manner. Hookie Wellness is trusted by brands like Google, Kelly School of Business, Accenture, and P&G. Today, Irena is dropping so many nuggets of wisdom, so heads up, you might want to take notes. Irena, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we finally got connected, which is so awesome. Yes. All right. Well, before we hop into it too much, let me just have you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your background. Awesome. Well, I know uh, you shared a little bit about my bio, but on the normal side, um, I'm originally from Detroit, um, born and raised, turned domestic nomad. Uh, So my husband and I have moved all around this country over the past like 10 years. And currently we reside in Charlotte, uh, which is our new home we actually just bought. So we're going to settle down for a while which I can tell you is exciting because I don't want to move anymore. Um, But professionally, I built my career in brand management, had awesome experiences um, working from workspace design and office furniture. That was cooler than I thought. Definitely cooler than I thought because I had very low expectations starting there. But ironically, some of the knowledge is coming in handy now uh, in the workplace and burnout space. Um, I worked in CPG where I got to work on some of the world's biggest brands and my job was to eat. So I'm not complaining there. And then I spent a couple of years in tech where I got to experience and understand that marketplace and spend some time in the Bay. Um, and then outside of work and professional, I love all things wellness. I was introduced to it by way of massages. I actually don't even remember the first one I got, but 
I just knew it was my path. <laughs> um, and so over the past uh, few years, I would say like past 10 years, I started to learn more about the different uh, wellness modalities, pathways, some things that a lot of it, like growing up felt like it was for other people. But now I'm understanding the whys behind that and understanding the things that are important to me and the impact. So I'm excited to be in this space and round out my skill set with my passions and just do cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Right. That sounds amazing. You said so many things there that I'm like, just have my brain like firing. But first, I'll just say for sure. Yes, yes, yes to massages. <laughs> so if anybody else is listening <laughs> and you haven't embraced massaging, you're missing out. <laughs> you're missing yeah. out. <laughs> All right. I need one. For, me too. Uh, right now. You know what? I think I'm going to schedule one after this show. I'm just, I'm just going to do myself a solid and do that. <laughs> so your company is Hooky Wellness, but tell us how you became the burnout whisperer. I really love that, that title. That's so funny. Thank you. Um, honestly, just like a lot of stuff in this world, I became it because I said I was. Um, as I went down this journey, um, one of the quick, one of the things I learned very quickly, I was, I was far from being alone in this experience. I mean, the stats say it, um, like 77% of professionals report feeling burned out on an annual basis. That's before COVID. And once that blows your mind, it's actually 84% for millennials. Yeah. Yet we all feel like we're alone and like it only happens to us. And so as I've been going through this journey, people learning about it, as I started talking about it, people were like, wait, tell me more. I think I have that. What is this? How do I, where should I start? And so um, I started the burnout whisper really because of the conversations I was having and how it just could expand people's perspectives on what was going on and allow them to start like taking their first steps. So that's how I got in the space. And it was initially from the lens of like coaching, but now I'm realizing that it's more mentoring. Like we're all figuring this out. I'm just a couple steps ahead. So it's all about part my personal journey and sharing that and part passing that knowledge along in order to help someone else uh, figure it out, learn how to navigate, do things differently and, and to be more intentional about how they use their time. Right, right. I love what you just said about mentoring. If anybody's listened to me for even five minutes, I'm like mentor, 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 mentor. <laughs> They're huge. Right. It's because, you know, I really feel like me as a black woman growing up, that's what I never had. I would hear people like my colleagues and my peers talk about like, oh, my mentor said this and my mentor said that. And I would even ask them at some points, you know, because I always felt like I had to figure things out on my own. But I would ask them at some points, like, so how do you get a mentor? You know, and people would yeah. always give me these like side looks like, Okay. And I never got a straight answer. I even remember asking a few people, could you mentor me, you know, and reading articles on like how to get a mentor. So I love that. I, just, mm -hmm. I love that so much. Thank you. It's new. I'm trying it on. It's how it works. Like it, it was interesting. Cause I was like using the word coach and it's like, yeah, this is great. It plays in the field, but it actually made me uncomfortable. Because the term coach implies that, you know, a ton more, you know, the playbook, you've run the playbook. It's like you are at a different level of experience. And the thing about burnout is everybody's figuring it out. So how can you say, you know, the playbook? It is very personal. You, it is very complex. And so I love the idea of mentor because it's really about giving people pieces of information and they can determine what they want to do with it rather than explicitly being like, this is exactly what you need to do. So it's fun. Um, and I find that especially uh, for a lot of professionals, like you can figure it out. You just need someone else to, to help you understand some potential paths forward. Right, right. Exactly. So I would like to know, what is your definition of burnout? You know, how do how do you define burnout? Because I'm sure people define it different ways. But how do you define it? Yeah, there's a number of different definitions. So uh, the basic textbook one is a state of men emotional, physical and mental exhaustion caused by excessive or prolonged stress. Mm. That's the, the textbook definition. And it's very robust and real. Um, it speaks to the three different dimensions of it being emotional, physical and mental, because very often people just think of it as one thing. Um, and the other thing I love about the base definition is that it ties in excessive and prolonged stress. This right. is not acute. It is something that happens over weeks, months, and sometimes years. Um, so I love that core definition. And then the way that I talk about it in Raina terms, layman terms, um, is that it happens when you try to give away more energy than you actually have. 
Right. So that's how I define it. And burnout can happen in all facets of life. There's caregiver burnout, parental burnout, relationship burnout. I specifically focus on workplace burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just my sweet spot. It's especially for where everything starts at work. Like when you're conditioned to achieve and to check off boxes and to move up, like work and life, there's very little, uh, there's a very fine line or faint line. Um, and it's really important to understand that there should be a line and how to create that line. But understanding how workplace burnout impacts personal life is really huge and important to me. Right. Wow. Well, I mean, that's amazing. It's like, I do like a lot of times when I'm trying to understand something, I do like to know the definition of it you know, and really think about it. So it's prolonged. Like I've been in this state for a prolonged period of time. And I think that a lot of times when we're experiencing burnout, there's so much shame around it. We, We feel like so many people are experiencing it, but nobody's really talking about it. And so I especially kind of want to focus on this, you know, being a black woman and from the the angle of a black woman, because I feel like black women, um, more than any other group that I know, they usually are juggling so much. And there's a, there's a certain expectation, whether it's within our community or our families at work, you know, it always feels like the bar is just like one or two notches up for us. Can you speak to that at all? Like from your own personal story or (laughs) I know I'm going to leave you out there. (laughs) No, you're good. Um, well, one thing I, I realized I didn't say that isn't really important. Burnout is not stress. Like right. it is what happens when you don't treat stress and you have prolonged chronic stress. Like it is something that can happen, but it is not the same thing. And so right now I have been excited because when I first started this journey a couple of years ago, people were like, I have no idea what you're talking about. This thing you're making, like it, hashtag burnout, anything was nothing but spinning tires and uh, smoke. Because it was tied to cars. Yeah. Now, over the past year, the hashtag has changed the imagery into like um, quotes, inspirational things, tips. So that's been really interesting. And then like Google searches are up like 3,400% for signs Mm -hmm. of burnout at work. So people are learning, which is awesome. People are starting to talk about it. People with platforms are starting to talk about it. Um, but there continues to still be a lot of understanding. We are changing our mindsets about something we've been conditioned to believe. And so when you tie that into, especially for black and brown people, black women who have all of this extra weight at all times, it's a lot harder to carry it. That, that like, that's the thing about burnout is that it breaks it down. And so for those who are used to always doing the most and being able to figure it out, um, and like their whole life being illustrations of their internal resilience. When you get to a point where that's not working as well. And so everyone's been telling you, you're not good enough. This isn't your space. All of that. Mm-hmm. It becomes a lot harder to combat that. Like how do you, it's a lot harder for you to lever, like for your coping skills and mechanisms to even have an impact because your buffer's gone. You're more vulnerable, more raw. And so it's a lot easier to internalize a lot of that stuff. So I always say burnout, burnout doesn't discriminate. It is available for everybody, yeah. uh, but it does have favorites. And so on those favorites lists at the high level, you have those in high performance environments, those with high quality, not necessarily high quality standards, but high bars love performance who need to always be on, always be figuring it out, always be juggling. Then you also have, all right, take that. Then you add on the everyday weights of just being a person in this world. So if you're a woman, all that weight that we know, if you're a black person, all that weight we know, and that list goes on. So it's just things on top of each other that are not healthy by themselves, but imagine the weight that they can bring when you bring them together. Right, right. So that, that was really challenging. So for me personally, like going through this experience of recognizing it, processing it, healing it, managing it, it's constantly checking in with the thoughts that I'm having to understand what they're grounded in. Mm -hmm. Because it's a matter of, is this just negative self-talk that I'm telling myself? Is this something that I've experienced that is causing me to believe this or to respond this way? So there's a lot more like self-assessment, a lot more. It's self-awareness is one of the most important things of how to combat burnout. It is the foundation of how to work around it, because if you won't recognize and admit what's going on, you will never be able to do anything differently. So 
with that, and especially for black women, it's that self-awareness to be able to do the gut check Mm -hmm. on, is this something I want to tell myself or is this something that the world has been telling? So it's just, honestly, the annoying thing is, is that it's always just more work for us um, because it's, it's just working through the stuff that the world throws at us. But I think the one thing, if we've seen nothing else is that black women are amazingly resilient and can do anything. They just need to understand it and then they'll make their plan. So I get excited to talk about it because it's like, nope, you're not crazy. Nope, you're not a failure. Nope, it's not all for naught. Nope, you did not waste the last whatever number of your years uh, of your career. All of those things. Nope, not, not the case. You got into a situation, whether it be the situational aspects, whether it be the job alignment, whether it be what I call life lifing, because that's what took mine over the top. The regular things about life that happen. But if you just don't have the bandwidth to deal with it, life is lifing. You need to change some things. So it's just being able to talk about it and bring awareness so that people can have a deeper understanding of what's going on in their situations so they can be conscious about the decisions. Where do you want to spend your time? Do you really want to give anybody your energy in that way? Like, is it worth it or is it not? So the intentionality of decision-making is the exciting part because so often we go through life because it's what we are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of decisions that can be made along the way to make things better. I love, I love that you said that it's, you know, the foundation is self-awareness, right? Anything that has to do with self-awareness, I'm like, yes, because not because it's easy, but because it gives me a sense of empowerment, right? It's like, okay, if it, if part of this has to do with self-awareness and we can't control how other people see us and treat us then at least I know that there's a fighting chance to work through this. So I know you said that was just kind of a straight thought that I had, but um, I know you said that you work at the organizational level, you know, Mm -hmm. do you work with any like entrepreneurs or like startups or are you kind of like more on the corporate side? Great question. I actually want to pause for a second and and touch on something you said. So self-awareness is huge and it's so funny because we haven't even really understood it. If you had to guess, what percentage of the world would you say is self-aware? Oh, my God. Like, I always want to believe that there's so many more people than it is, but <laughs> I'm going to be conservative and say, like, 20%. <laughs> that was a good guess. 10 to 15%. Oh, <laughs> not yeah. a good enough one, right? <laughs> yeah, most people are like, oh, it's like 75, 80%. Everybody's self-aware. You're like, I'm so self-aware. You're like, are you not? Like, if we know it's only 10 to 15%, why do you think you got it figured out? Because self-awareness changes. It is part you understanding what's going on. It is part understanding how people perceive you. And we often forget that. It is also understanding how, with your situational changes, how you change. Like, what was really interesting to me in this journey and the the thing that really got me, and I know we'll talk about it later, was like the value shift of like what was important. And I had some awareness before, but it was that that gap of the awareness of the change that really causes that cycle to go. And I see that with a ton of clients, both within a corporate environment and individual clients. There's an internal shift that they haven't recognized mm-hmm. often because it is opposite of what was in the plan or what they thought they should do. Um, so it's that self-awareness is a tricky one because we all think we got it, but we're all figuring it out. Um, And as long as you're making a concerted effort to figure it out, I think that's where the key is. Right. Um, So regarding uh, organization. So yes, I do corporate workshops, um, everything from talking about stress management to my signature, navigating burnout. It is one-on-one. What it is, isn't what you can start doing about it. I'm Mm -hmm. about action. I'm about practical tips. We don't have time to waste. And so it's about let's go. Um, so often we talk about it, uh, in ways that are very textbook in theory, which is great and has a role, but when people are like, no, I want to do something, equip them with the knowledge and the tools to do it. So that's my approach, whether it's in an enterprise level or whether it's individual. So my primary right now has been with uh, corporate environments. So those workshops and we're building out additional support programming to help mm-hmm. with teams, culture, and overall engagement. I also do um, some individual sessions. So uh, I have clients that are looking for their own understanding in this space and crafting what's next and understanding a little bit more what's going on. Um, I love to work with people who have a therapist. Um, Mm -hmm. 
that is not my job. I don't want it. They're very good at it. But <laughs> I want to make sure that you're, you understand what you're like, that, that is something that can help you. Um, so I love to have those conversations where something comes up and I was like, write that note down, bring that up with your therapist. Might be something, might be something to dig into. So that type <laughs> of partnership is awesome. Uh, cause I've had my fair share of sessions. I just go in and stare. She's like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, mm. but <laughs> three days prior where I'm like, oh my God, when is my session? I had a list. <laughs> So I get excited about the one-on-ones to not only help them um, think through some of the things that are acute, urgent specifically, and especially work, wellness, life, balance, um, future planning in that space, but to also set them up to be uh, most successful in the other partnerships and relationships they have. This, This is a team effort. I call it a burnout battle team. I'm all about equipping people and helping them build their own um, because we talk about our board of directors from a corporate sense. Like we hear about it, get your mentor, get your sponsor, get that. Having your corporate or business or professional board of directors. Mm -hmm. But what about the rest of your life? And so that's where I use the burnout battle team uh, language because we end this together. And by utilizing the skills of everybody, we can actually make a difference. Right. Because you probably got to burn out from trying to do a lot of on your own in the first place. So let's not do that. Girl, Girl, the most. (laughs) Right. So let's let's uh, circle back a little bit and talk a little bit about your personal story with burnout. Mm -hmm. And just mainly because, you know, people listening, you know, I think sometimes it's really helpful for them to be able to hear, um, Mm -hmm. you know, circumstances and then like it kind of resonate with them. For me, this is important because in it, it gives me that sense that like, okay, this person was here and then they were able to recognize and move past that. So. Absolutely. I don't, I don't have no shame, whatever. I mean, we all act like it only happens to end, like we already went through the stats. So uh, my quick story about, I think it was four years ago um, was the straw broke the camel's back is how I'd say it. Um, at that point I had a great opportunity. I was at great professional opportunity that turned into something other. And my experience was my experience with burnout this time was really prompted by a toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. I will give the caveat. Burnout does not have to come from a toxic work environment. You can like your job. You can like your company. You can have a great company and still burn out. It is a matter of other pieces of the situation that are going on. So just like to give that caveat because there are great companies that are trying and they are not toxic, but they're people still burn out. Right. I wasn't in that case. Oh, well, pure toxicity. So uh, that was like an accelerator. And in that experience, I rec- what I started to recognize is I wasn't myself. Like all of a sudden I didn't want, I was completely detached. I wouldn't speak up in meetings. I, I like, I was also like in a very, it wasn't very toxic. And so I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I wasn't really taking care of myself. I was pulling away from the, well, like I was doing yoga, but then all of a sudden I stopped doing it. Like going out and connecting with people. I found that other things started to spike. Like my, I ended up getting like anxiety and depression, which was more latent came to the forefront because I wasn't doing my coping mechanisms. And so I did what most people do when they experience burnout, especially the first time I just left the environment. Mm -hmm. So then I switched into another job because I was like, this clearly ain't it. Thought, all right, we'll start over fresh, so on and so forth. Always amazing opportunities, developmental wise. I went into tech and moved out to the Bay. That was awesome. Great experience. But what I hadn't recognized is I was at a different stage and a stage where just a change in scenery wasn't going to quite do it. Because right. burnout has like five stages. And depending upon the stage depends on what happens. Um, and very often people don't actually recognize they're burning out until they're like stage four or five, which is more intense, deep internal stuff. Um, so change jobs, that was a great opportunity. But in that, I started to uncover that my values were ch- shifting professionally, what my goals were, were shifting. And a moment, so the first moment, that first part, how I knew it was going on or something was wrong, started with me crying at the island in my kitchen in front of my laptop. Oof. After like weeks of working way too much, that is how I knew something was off. At this point, how I knew, okay, something's still not right, even though I was making some changes. I had an amazing opportunity going to happy hour with my director. It's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I will help you get there. 
who doesn't want that opportunity, especially for someone who has influence within an organization? Great opportunity. Doesn't make sense, though. That evening I was crying because I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, (laughs) I'm supposed to know I'm an MBA. This is it. Like, I'm supposed to want to move up. And I was like, this, this ain't quite it. It didn't excite me. And so that felt unfamiliar and uncomfortable and like a little out of control because you have a plan, you do the plan, but what happens when that's no longer the one you want? Um, and then on top of it, I went through the experience. My burnout was amplified by life lifing. So I hit that, I've hit that stage in life where dealing with aging, ailing parents, mm-hmm. we were moving around the country, as I said, so dual income driven careers, who, whose career is leading, where are we going? What are the decisions? Um, all of life lifing. We all have our version of it. That's why I call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I had the wonderful experience to uh, experience all of the stages, which is why I have such a deep depth of knowledge. And then the more I learn uh, about it and in all of my research is I recognize that one, it's a cycle and I've seen it before. So when I look back over my career, there were periods where I was like in a lighter stage where I was just able to take a vacation, change some wellness habits, and I was back to uh, the energy level. Um, so that has happened. So what I love about this experience, at first it was challenging uh, to talk about it, even though I was working in this space to make a difference because I had to fight through the shame, right? Of fe- the feeling of shame because, oh, trust the experiences when you're not able to do what you want to do because later stages of burnout actually does affect your cognitive ability. Like you could be like, I'm cloudy. You'd be like, no, for real, you are cloudy. you like, your brain doesn't work as quickly as it is. And if you're used to being a fast processor or used to being able to produce or used to be able to do the most, not being able to do it. Yeah. That's uncomfortable. Um, the other things people don't talk about, about the later stages that are aware, like that is very common is like, PTSD like symptoms mm-hmm. like I remember like I was working from home before because I was um yeah I was working from home prior to the past couple of years and I remember not wanting to get out of the bed and then my stomach and my entire body tensing when I heard my outlook go off every mm-hmm. single pain and you know there's a lot of pains oh god, oh, god. So it was that, and it was just I can't. And so as I went through the journey, all of it, I was all about, all right, I know I need a therapist. I know that will help. There's something else that I can't figure out. All right. Coaching. All right. I want to figure out my career. So I started to surround myself and talk to people about different career paths. I did a lot of self work Uh, as a brand person and innovator. Like there's some foundational things. And I'm like, I know how to make new businesses and make new brands and products that people like. How about I use that innovation for myself? And I use the skills that I'd learned in my career around design thinking, concept development, branding and consumer insights, and literally applied it to myself. Yeah. So I did like consumer portrait. What do I like? What don't I like? I started to really deep dig in. I started to look at what else was in the marketplace from a sense of my, what my career could be like, what I actually wanted to do. Um, so that was, that's been a really interesting intersection. And what I've what I always, what I like to highlight and I really want people to take away is burnout is a cycle. It is not a one and done. It can happen multiple times in life. It is a situational thing. The more you understand that, you can evaluate the situation, what pieces of it need to change. What are some of those things you can put in from a preventative measure? Right. Um, so I personally know I need to take care of myself and have a wellness routine because I have a high propensity to just double down and work. So put it on the calendar, put in the breaks, put in actual things that matter and change your behavior. Because if you don't, you already know what's going to happen. So I've had to really embrace that. It doesn't completely go away. It's just, you're a lot wiser in how to manage it, how to recognize it, how to pull yourself back. So I can feel the things happening and I'll be like, Ooh, there's my flag. I don't want to be here. I don't want to progress. This is what I can change. Um, so that feels so empowering and being able to recognize it. Um, and it's so fun to get clients that hit me up. And like, I had a, I had a friend client and she texted me, she was like, Oh, I feel my flags. I know this isn't right. I'm thinking about what I'm going to do about it. Like that's different because in past, that's where people just sit there and they're like, something's wrong, but I feel paralyzed and there's nothing I can do. And 
So that that's what it's all about is understanding it so you can get ahead of it, change behaviors and have the awareness. Right. I mean, you said so many good things. And I like, did. That was a lot. <laughs> no, but while you were talking, like my entire corporate career flashed through my mind. <laughs> like, really? I'm like, mm-hmm, yep, check, check. You know, just the <laughs> whole idea of like a toxic environment. And I know people in this audience are going to be career women and maybe they're entrepreneurs. Mm. So they're running their own business. And I do think that burnout can look different in those two spaces for sure, because I'm, ex- you know, I'm an entrepreneur now and I used, I worked in corporate for, I don't know, 15 years, you know? Yep. Um, but yeah, like that whole, like, as you were talking, I'm like, she's so right. And one thing that really stood out to me is just that whole shame cycle, right? So now I'm in the burnout cycle, but now I'm like in a little spiral within the burnout cycle by (laughs) being shamed. And I'm not saying anybody was shaming me, but the way it is in society and even within like some, to some degree, even my home environment, you know, like my family and stuff, like First of all, my parents weren't in corporate. They weren't ever corporate workers, really. Um, you know, they were more blue collar and everything. And then you're they're so proud of you for landing these high paying jobs and these really cerebral jobs, you know. Yeah. And then you're like, I can't hang on anymore, you know, and I need to take a step back. And you get all the like, but no, no, you know, like everybody's hopes and dreams are riding on you. Right. So that just further, you know exacerbates the situation. And then the shame kind of came in because, and that was probably like me dishing that to myself being like, you can't talk about this. You should be grateful for what you have. Why are you going through this? And so the way that kind of played out for me and probably a lot of people listening is I bounced. I would, I would leap, you know, from job to job, from city to city, always feeling like I just needed to distance myself from that whatever was taking over. And I think it's so beautifully said when you're like, it just affects your cognitive ability. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm a reader. I love the nerdiest stuff ever. Um, I like techie stuff. I like, you know, artistic stuff. And I was feeling my cognitive, you know, a very steep cognitive decline and it was terrifying. You know, I've like never talked about it, but it was terrifying. And I was, you know, I read too much. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to be that person who has Alzheimer's. (laughs) I I was like, oh, I think I'm, what if I have early onset dementia? I was like, I feel like I'm getting stupid. I was like, it's just not working. Right. And yeah, it was a big learning thing. And it is something that's very common. And it is something people don't talk about because especially that, like, what are you going like, what do you say? You're like, I can't do my job in the same way. So right. that's never something, but, and that's not technically the truth. It is a, something is wrong right now. Like you got to figure out what's going on right now. Cause it's blocking you being able to perform in the same way that you know, right. you're right. you've proven it. You got the receipts. Right. And it's all that it's like, knowing that you're going through something, but being afraid of like, okay, I have to keep this position because I'm, I'm in this position. And in some cases, like you said, there was toxicity definitely in a lot of my work environments. And so I felt like a lot of times even bringing up the fact that like, I can't do this could have cost me a position, you know? Um, And so that, that whole thing, like, I'm just so happy that you went into that in depth because I feel like so many people out there are going to be able to resonate with that. And I think sometimes I know that we need to, you know, our foundational step is to be self-aware but sometimes I think that resonation is, or the resonance, am I saying that right? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, I'm making up words. <laughs> but sometimes right, sometimes I think when you're resonating with something, that is like the very, very first starting step. You know, you're like, oh, wait, you know, because you, mm-hmm. also, you also mentioned the idea of, am I crazy? And that's what that that's where I was. I was like, Oh my God, this whole time I thought that I was like this normal girl who had her crap together, but maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm weird. Maybe something's going on because that was what was being fed to me in my environment. And as you said, in the beginning, you know, those barriers just get eaten away. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like everything's just permeating you, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think so many people, so many people go through that. So many women go through that. Um, and just don't know how to talk about it. So I'll, I'll stop, I'll stop, uh, you know, going on and on about it, but I was just like, mind blown. <laughs> I love it. It's, it I mean, 
But where would you talk about it? Like in the past, when we think about it, where are the environments? You don't bring that up in your review. My perspective is that's not your manager's job. There are pieces of it that belong in the workplace and things that an organization can help. But some of that, a lot of that stuff is work that you have to do. And so having that awareness, you could figure out how to manage the work in there. Because what I have always done, I feel like a lot of my decisions were work first. And when, what it comes down to is you have to be making the decisions for you and making sure that your professional life is complementing what you want. And so it took for me to realize that work was the problem or the way I was working was the problem or the individuals I was working with were the problem um, in order to make different decisions and move differently because you can choose to move differently. That's the thing that happens is people feel like, oh, I've been doing this. for It's a fallacy. This I've been doing this for so long. I have to do it. I have to get to this. I have to do that. Um, and that that's crazy making is one of my friends would say. So being able, I would say, give yourself space and grace, space to figure it out and the grace to fumble as you go. Like just that space and grace is huge. I love that so much. Arena, say that again. <laughs> say that again. <laughs> uh, give yourself space and grace, uh, the space to figure it out and the grace to allow yourself to fumble along the way. Yes, yes, yes. And more yes, because... You know, I, this, that's how I'm living these days. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I've done it the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and now any, anytime I get snagged on anything in my life, I'm like, you know what? You need to give yourself some space to mess up and do this and just have the grace to say, okay, I'm new. Let me try it again. You know, or there was no other way to know how to do it until I messed yeah. up, you know? So I, I love that. I 100% Absolutely love that. You know, I want to ask you, I mean, you gave a lot of amazing examples of like how burnout looked in your life. And, but I want to ask you, like, what are some things that you hear when people were starting to burn out, you know, just so we kind of give them some, maybe some of those like mental cues, like, okay, maybe I need to do a system check. People need to do a system check all the time. I vote for them quarterly and follow hooky because there will be a tool to help you with that. Because it is situational. You never know what's happening. I feel like we're raised, or at least I was raised, to believe or conditioned to believe that I have more than 100% to give. Mm-hmm. Like that whole thing. We give 120. You're like, uh, the way that math works, uh, <laughs> it's 100. So if we're in situations where we're like, I have to give 120% to this specific thing. Then what do you have for anything else? What do, what do you have? And when you're running on that for so long, that becomes a challenge. So... To your specific question of like things to be aware of early stages, you should be putting in preventative measures to take care of your wellness. You should have a place to let off steam and to relax. You should have things that bring you joy. You should have ways to connect. So I'm very much anchored in the four pillars of mental wellness. When I talk about what you can do about it, the summary of those, the four pillars, growth, rest, play, and community. Growth is things like coaching, therapy, brain, neurological type stuff. That's what growth is. Um, You have rest, which is pretty um, direct. So that does come with true rest and sleep. But you also have mindfulness, meditation, sensorial type of experiences that lead to relaxation. So aromatherapy, sound baths, that's where they play. Breath work is in the rest. You have play, which is often overlooked in one of my more fun ones, which, I mean, the company's called Hooky. Um, but play, the thing about play, that's where hobbies come in. That's where creativity and gameplay, like you would be so surprised the impact of creativity on your mind. And especially if you're dealing with burnout, you need to do things other than work. So think about the play pillar. Even if you just get a jump rope and go play with your friends, go rollerblade, go do something like that. It actually matters. And then the last one is community. We didn't get in this by ourselves and we're not going to get out. So especially if you're dealing with later stages, detachment is a huge piece. So making sure you're staying connected with at least a few people, you may not want to engage with the same level at the same level, but you need to have your crew that you can talk to. So those are the four. Mm -hmm. And what I say, as you go through the different stages, the first early stages, everybody's tired. Everybody's tired in this world anyway. So yeah, that's a exhaustion is a flag, but like right now, everybody's tired. So just know you're going to be tired. And then pick a pillar to do something about that. When you start to progress in the later stages, the flags to be aware of. 
when you start to get, you want to detach, you start to pull away from the people and the things that matter. Another flag is increased cynicism. Mm -hmm. Everybody's stupid. Can nobody else do their job? Uh, That type of thing. And sometimes that's the case. But if you find yourself going from job to job, somehow uh, surrounded by people who are incompetent, you might want to look in the mirror and understand your what lenses you're looking out of. It's not that you're the incompetent one, but what lens are you looking through right now? Right. The experiences of past work environments go with you. Um, so this cynicism. Uh, another one that is really interesting that comes up is this superhero complex, which is no one can do it better than I can, or they can't do this without me, or I must. Ooh, yeah. That oh, wow. can be a flag. Where, yes, park conditioning, you have seen it. But how much of that is factual? Like, really? Can no one else do it? Especially in a job. Can no one else do it? Step away and see. How about that? How about that? How about we, how about we go see? Because <laughs> that, that is a cycle that can amplify everything else. And then in the late, like in the full-blown stages, that's where you could really be dealing with your cognitive impairment. You could be dealing with uh, tipping into depression, anxiety. So there is acute depression, which is within the burnout cycle or stages. And then there's clinical depression. Mm-hmm. The way you can see a difference is acute. You can still find joy in other things. While depression is like, everything. So I like to call out that difference because when you start to talk about full-on mental health, there's that defensiveness, the stigma, that's not me. Um, But you may be still feeling pieces of it. So just be aware and recognize everything is a spectrum. Um, And then there's physical manifestations that start to come uh, and they can increase. So if you're seeing things changing with your body, pains, aches, things that are out of the blue, um, those are things to really pay attention to. So I know I, uh, body, like the body keeps score. One of my favorite books. I know that stress is trapped in my body. My body responds. I know it. I get tight my back. That's why massages are like a thing because it is part of my process. And as I go through different stages, one of my personal flags that I'm aware of is how does my back and hips feel? Mm. I know that. I know that's an early indicator of other stuff is off. So understanding yourself and understanding what are your flags or how they manifest for you can help you understand this is that point I need to start doing something differently Um, instead of saying it'll be fine it'll go away on its own because there are points where it will burnout real burnout will not go away on its own sorry oh man (laughs) guys rewind that part and listen to that again no you're so (laughs) you're so right and I'm like oh how many years did I just sit in sit in that you know um I've always been a a semi-proactive person you know yep I've I feel like as I've aged a little bit I'm just full-blown like no I need to do this I need to recognize this I used to work in medical sales and that was probably the place where I finally went off the cliff of burnout but yeah, we used to coach our patients, you know, because we had patients who would pass out. And, you know, it can be quite dangerous if you're crossing the street and you pass out. And we used to yeah. coach them to start to recognize certain symptoms, you know, and that's always stuck with me, you know. So when people ask me, like, well, how do I know that's happening? Or when I even ask myself, well, how did I let that happen? You know, and I yeah. always tell myself, it's because you didn't recognize the signs. And I, I will find myself doing that in the morning, like, oh my God, I'm feeling so much heavier this morning or why is the sun shining but I feel so blah because I love yep. the sun so yeah I I think that people really really need to hone into onto the last part of what you said you know just really recognizing those and I love all I love the pillars I love the pillars I'm yes. starting to learn I never used to use a play pillar I don't know <laughs> girl I'm starting to learn. Play. we dismiss it we like it's a waste of time right um, but it's not. It's one of the best investments. And I mean, it's what we actually want to do. Who doesn't want to play? Right. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm an experienced type of person. Like, I don't really care yep. about objects this much. I like experiences. So as you can see behind me, and I know everybody listening can't see behind me, but the little artwork back there is my way of learning how to paint. <laughs> oh, you did those? I did this. I did the um, the big sunflower that looks not like a sunflower. <laughs> the, 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 the oh, starry I the Starry Night rendition. <laughs> my sister did the other one in red. She painted that for me. And then my 
my actually my little siblings who are actually still children. I have a few siblings who are children. They started painting during the pandemic and I believe in entrepreneurship. So I, I purchased their paintings. <laughs> I told them if they painted, I, love that. I would purchase. <laughs> so, I love that. so they actually inspired me when I saw them doing it to just, you know, try something. And as well as my mom, she's been painting a lot for the same exact reason. So, but yeah, yeah. it really has a role because when you're only giving it, when you're giving work, everything, Right. Like you're not able to understand and explore different parts of you and what's important. Like you don't have different types of mental stimulation. You don't have the time. We're not we're like, people don't realize how much they're not laughing. So that pillar is so important. And that's why I like to play with it. And like, cause it's just more fun. It's actually what we want to do and it helps and it can break up the cycle and give you the space to realize what's going on. Cause um, you made mention of like being able to assess the thing is, it's one being able to recognize the flags and signs, mm-hmm. but you can't have the shame that you did when you didn't know what they were. Right. Like that's right. one thing I like to clarify is like, we cannot be shamed of like, I can't believe I allowed myself to be in this situation or to stay in this situation. You did not know it was a situation and right. decisions were made and changes were made that you knew would help, should help or were a lever. We just, what I found, especially for a lot of us, like, we didn't know the levers. We weren't, I wasn't raised with these tools. My parents are very blue collar as well. What levers I knew was to work, get a different job, make more money, move around, check, check, doing that support system. But the idea of deep self-awareness, being able to recognize personal flags, understanding um, my body, understanding mental stuff, like that stuff was not something we talked about. No one else, like they didn't know it. So I can't, like, that's one thing I always like to pause is like, don't have the shame of, I didn't do something before. Exactly. You, you didn't know and you did what you could. So it's all about continuous learning, growing, and having fun along the way. Right. So, you know, I know I, I just want to ask you a couple more questions, but I know that people listening might say, okay, well, this is how I can navigate burnout. And when I'm working around people, you know, cause I think a lot of times when we start to burn out, we, we want to put it on somebody else and be like, Oh, it's because I'm in these environments. As you mentioned, what about yep. those entrepreneurs, those solopreneurs out there, my solopreneur clan out there who, you know, you're now an entrepreneur. How are you making sure you also check in with yourself? Because I know it can be a little bit harder when we're on our own, we don't have a boss telling us what to do. Some of those things that contributed to our, our first round or second round of burnout aren't the same, but I still think that there are habits that we can really fall into. So what do you have to say about that as an entrepreneur yourself? Absolutely. That's hilarious because I'm still figuring it out. Um, <laughs> how I want to navigate, but I am so thankful that I have the awareness that I do because I'm able to mitigate things quickly, change paths, so on and so forth. It is different entrepreneurship. It's very different. Uh, there's a lot of to do and the list never ends. You're making all the decisions. And so that like, you have to be clear because, so it's a matter of being focused is what I've been finding. Like I'm an, an, I'm an expansive thinker. Like I'm an innovator. I could flip out concepts. Yeah. I could come up with anything. That's where I get my power. I get excited about it. And so from an entrepreneurship standpoint, that self-awareness of personal traits, um, Mm -hmm. positive opportunity areas, things that need to be managed has been extremely helpful. And I've been one of the old lucky people that over the past few months is in that bucket of the newly 26% of undiagnosed, previously undiagnosed ADHD. So Mm -hmm. I'm also managing the other personal stuff. And I'm so thankful that I now have that awareness because that feeds into everything. Because what I've learned about some of my traits and behaviors is the need for structure because of tendencies with ADHD. And so without having that awareness of this is tied to this, now I can manage it this way. Okay, I can avoid common drivers of burnout like workload. Not from a matter of there's too much work for me to do, because there will always be a lot of work for me to do. But if I'm not managing symptoms of my ADHD, which complicates work, adds more work, then that ultimately adds to the workload. 
Right. So I'm able to understand the drivers and understand how it applies in my individual situation, behaviors, and to change things. So as an entrepreneur, I am, uh, I'm testing out different wellness routines and making sure that I have that, making sure I keep it top of mind as I'm having conversations and those on my team hold me accountable and I'll do the same for you in that space. So bringing it into the conversation and really into the, the, the culture that I'm working to build, being focused on the tasks and the priorities and understanding that. Um, making sure that I am also bringing in different elements of joy and I'm doing things other than work because that laptop is attached to the lab. Mm. And so needing to put that down, giving myself the space and remembering I have to take these breaks. And you know what? The funny thing is, or the, the hardest thing is, is like entrepreneurship and startup world is prone for burnout. It, right. already, it, it is the Patriot. It is like, Oh, everything we know that drives burnout, just put it right there. That is startup. <laughs> right. And so, yes, it's like the playbook. And over the past few weeks, it's really, I'm really internalizing that and the need to do things differently from the start. So even though I'm earlier in like this part of the business journey, I'm already thinking about from a company culture, how do I set that up? From an employee expectation, how do I set it up? I know that people can, cannot run a sprint for years at a time. If I know that, why would I set up an organization that is built with that type of behavior? Right. So what type of flexibility can we put in there? What type of benefits will actually be benefits? How do we build in a culture of communication and bring in the wellness and helping people understand different roles in this journey, but what's in scope and out of scope? Because also what's happening is now people are looking at people managers and I'm very concerned. People managers are already stressed. Their workload is already challenged. They're, they're, stuck, they're in the middle. They're trapped in the middle. But in this burnout world, we're all like, oh, it's the responsibility of the people managers. People managers are super important. They're the new HR. Yeah, but all that shouldn't fall on their plate. So right. how can I use Hookie to set up structure of like to really illustrate the roles of people manager um, how can they support the team while also supporting themselves? So it's an interesting journey. There's a lot of decisions I wouldn't have thought about, like that I wouldn't have thought about. And just being like realizing, oh, I could do what I want in a certain, like to a degree, that has actually been one of the most challenging things is the freedom mm -hmm. to make the decisions. Because especially when you come from corporate, you're so used to certain structure and limitations and all of that scrutiny, uh, especially as a black woman. And so the freedom to set it up and make those decisions and to declare is exciting, uh, but also can be intimidating at times. Right, right. It's like that place between giving yourself permission and actually doing it. You know, you're like, all right, I have all this freedom. Now, what do I Absolutely. do with it? <laughs> Absolutely. So actually, just to slim it down, I realized I talked about a whole bunch of things, but at the minimum, I would say, Having your wellness routine and wellness is not one dimensional. So think about those four pillars, growth, rest, play, and community. Test out some different ones. What are the ones you want to focus on? Build your plan. Test it out. Don't work. Try a different one. But having that is super important as an entrepreneur because you have to take care of yourself because if you fail at taking care of yourself, then the house of cards starts to tumble. I always talk about your burnout battle team. So your burnout battle team consists of experts as well as people within your community. This is your accountability, safe space in a sense. So your therapist, that's your like pilot, co-pilot. Your I'm all, I'm pro therapy. Everyone deserves to have someone to listen to them and actually give them sound perspective. Uh, a coach. So depending upon what you want to do, whether that be a career executive, startup coach, whatever type of coach that can help you build a plan in the direction you want to go. That type of guidance is super helpful. It is not something that needs to be constant or continuous all the time, but like it's super important. Um, having your wellness guide. So in that wellness behavior, if there's something you want to learn or someone you should follow that can help keep you on track, like there's a yoga teacher you like, that's your guide, go to their classes. If there's a mindfulness teacher you like, if there's someone who hoops or like, like plays a sport that you're like, ooh, I want to use them as my guide, whether you're paying them or you're like taking their advice throughout. Then you also have your cheerleader. So really getting into your personal life. So your cheerleader, that is that one, your hype man is what I call it. I love uh, it. Yes. It's when you're dealing with burnout, regardless if it's corporate or entrepreneur, like that negative internal speak, like is on an all time high. And so 
having that person that can hype you up when you're down is super, super important. And then having that person that is used to radical candor. So whether it's your rock, your mirror, whatever you want to call it, someone who can tell you the truth. Because when you are going through things, you may not see the signs as early as you could, but someone on the outside can. So that role is super important. You need to have someone you could trust and they need to be able to, to communicate something in a way that is not like offensive, but still tells you the truth. Basically how people will be like, mm, they need a friend. You know how we judge people and be like, oh, they don't have no friends. Right. You need to make sure you got a friend. Find that person. That's going to be like, you should not wear that. Or, hey, girl, I saw you in that meeting and uh, that wasn't that wasn't how you usually are. You good? Like, you want to do this? Like, knowing that can help so much because so often people are like, it's fine. No one notices. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And it's okay. It's just knowing it so you can change behavior. And if it's a matter of like, you need to take something off your workload, recognize it, figure out how you do it, get that have that conversation and keep it pushing. Whether you need to change people in your life, recognize it, do it. You need to create boundaries, recognize it, do it. So that rock, I joke, like when I do my sessions, I talk about it as having someone that I tuck in your tag. Right. No, I, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. I feel like, first of all, I hope everybody was taking notes. <laughs> I know I'm a nerd when it comes to this stuff, but it's so important to me to, especially when we're having problems in life, especially when we're facing things and burnout. I mean, I know it rolls off the tongue easily, but this isn't something light. You know, if anybody, anybody out there who's experienced this, you know, this can be majorly disruptive for your life for a very long period of time. If you don't tackle it, um, right on a different podcast, I'll tell my personal story about it, but it can, it can be really frightening and just Mm -hmm. so there's just so many things that come up with it. And I think that, you know, I love your, I love your approach to, you know, just getting around it. And just, these are simple things. These are simple things. Nobody's saying that you have to do all four pillars today. If you're just really not, nope. I was actually checking off in my head. I'm like, okay, I have that person on my battle team. I have that one. Okay, I need one of those. <laughs> Is anybody talking That's about that? I love that. <laughs> I'm yes. like, I don't know if I have anybody tucking my tags, you know, I'm tip- I'm typically the tag tucker for people. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> that is so right. So off- thank you for saying that. So often the people like that I speak with my clients are those who are used to tucking in everybody else's tag are used to helping everybody else. And so they, for the most part, they got to get together and they've been able to figure it out and they're good technically. And so right. that behavior of, in a sense, needing people or relying on people or putting your trust in people is uncomfortable. But that's why it's like, find a safe space, start there. Cause that is super important. Right. No, I, 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 like I said, I hope people were taking notes. I love everything that you said. I was going to tell you like, okay, give us some mentorship, right? That's something that, you know, I'm doing at the end of the episodes, but you already did it. She mentored you. <laughs> so if you weren't listening, go ahead and rewind, write some notes, <laughs> and figure out how you can incorporate that incorporate that into your life and it can go in small steps. But I think just summarizing some of the really good things that I heard you say was just getting to that point where you have that self-awareness, even if it's on a small scale so that you can start to know, okay, something's off with me. And then what are, who can you seek to help you? Right. So building a team of people around you. And I understand that if you're in stage three or four of burnout, that can be really tough. Mm-hmm. but take it from people who've been through it. You don't want to get into stage four, <laughs> you know, or, or five. No, no, right, no, no. Or five. So even though it's uncomfortable, we promise that the way you're going to get through it faster, if you just seek out that, you know, your, your team of people who can help, you know, and then all of the, I think sometimes getting that initial help. So if it's a therapist, you know, mm-hmm. then that, that frees up a little bit of space for you to start helping yourself. Like you were saying, just, going through those pillars, but obviously the therapist is in the growth pillar, you know? So it's just like, pick one, start with it and take it from there. I know she makes it sound so simple, you guys. (laughs) Not really, not really. She's, she's being honest, you know, hearing it sounds simple, I should say, but from somebody who's been in this and somebody who has done some of these things that she mentioned, 
I, there's a world of difference. And and I took notes. I don't know if you saw me. I was like <laughs> writing, writing things down because I'm not going to lie. I was coming to this today to this interview thinking like, okay, I want to talk to her. I want to I want to hear these perspectives because you know, there's things that I send to myself now that I'm like, okay, uh-oh. I might need to check myself. So, this was this was a super lovely conversation. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take any more of your time today, but I want to say thank you so, so, so much. And I think and people who are working with you are so incredibly lucky because I know you said you're figuring it out still, but I think that as from a person who has done so much self-growth and I'm working so much on self-awareness, it's just been me since I was a thumb sucking little kid. I just find I don't know. It's like when you talk, I feel my brain just lights up. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> you know, oh, it's always interesting to me when somebody's saying something and it's making sense and it's like connecting for me. I start getting pictures in my mind. I don't know if everybody's like that, but um, that's usually a pretty good sign for me. So I hope everybody else. Um, I hope you took some notes and I hope you really got a lot of value out of this, <laughs> this session as well. <laughs> I love it. I, I love to talk about it. And you, yeah, you just warm myself on that. Cause I feel like th- I'm very much in this place. Like, I just want people to, to know, like, just I'm learning, I'm absorbing and the knowledge is so powerful in this space. Um, yeah, the knowledge is so powerful in this space because it allows you to make decisions and to start moving forward. You're not going to know the right answer or there is no right answer. First off, you're not necessarily going to know exactly what to do, but you have the confidence to start. And to start to figure it out and start to unpack it and to not be as scared about what you're finding or changing your decisions or behaviors. Because uh, it's part of the life journey. It really is part of just the life journey. And to those who think they might be in stage five, I was stage five. I'm good. You'll be good. If you are finding your, as you think about the stages and think about the pillars, my mm-hmm. perspective is growth plays across the board. It does not matter where you are. If you're earlier stages, it's more prevention. So with therapy or coaching, understanding what's going on, how you got to where you are. So you have awareness as challenges come up, coaching, have an idea and make sure you're having an idea of your vision, even if it morphs over time, that's how you can see a prevention later stages. It's a matter of no, let's go deep, figure out what's holding me here. Let's figure out like, we really have to craft a plan for the future because this is not working. Like that's the difference in early stages, later stages, because the pillars play. Early stages, self-care stuff like massages and baths, that plays, that works. But later stages, you're going to need more. Let me not not even play. That will help and it is necessary. But growth pillar is huge in that. Because stage five is where I found a lot of the paralysis starts to come in. Right. And it does not matter if you change your job, the internal shift is going with you. And so that's one and it allows you to break that cycle faster and start to go back. Um, so that's how I would think about the pillars, but stage five, if nothing else, start journaling, start understanding what you're like, why you're starting to feel this way or when, what you're feeling on my site on hookywellness.com, There's a tool that I created burnout bingo quick way to start to check off feelings. Like it's a quick assessment because so many people say I feel off and that's as deep as it goes, but is it physical? Is it physical? Is it mental? Is it emotional? Is it something to do with work? Being able to start to identify those things, then you can start to think about interventions or changes in behavior. When you don't know where to start, it's overwhelming. And so as I'm building a business, it's twofold. Help you figure out what's going on and help you do something about it. That is the point of hooky and the burnout relief that we are building. That is beautiful. And I know you already started saying it, but where can people find you if they just want to follow your journey more or if they want more information or if they even want to work with you. Yes. Come work with me. Um, <laughs> so if you are at an organization looking for support with your, for your team or ERG, or even at the level of benefits HR, I'd love to talk. I have a suite of offerings ranging from the workshops, as well as we are building out more ongoing programming and support by way of workshop with app. So we'd love to talk about that. It's all about engagement. We can keep putting things out there, but if people aren't engaging with it, if people aren't aligned with it, then it's all for naught. So I'm really working to unlock uh, engagement within the workplace, especially with the millennial leaders of tomorrow. Um, So Hookie Wellness, you can learn more about uh, the overview of the offering and schedule a discovery call. 
and follow Hookie on Instagram to see the little tips for burnout and for mental wellness and understanding. And then for my personal journey, um, I'm the burnout whisperer on Instagram. Follow that journey. I'll be sharing tips. Send me any questions in the DM. I'm going to start doing IG lives and just start mm -hmm. talking. I got to get out. I got to start talking because this is this is the fun part. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love to talk about it. I'm always here. Anything. Tell me how I can help. Oh, my God. You're so welcome. And uh, we'll definitely have to have you back. Awesome. All right, friends. Thanks so much for listening to the Black Girl Business Bar podcast. For more information on Irena Sargent, please go to hookywellness.com, which you can find in the show notes, along with any other resources we mentioned in this episode. And speaking of episodes, this is my first episode. So I want to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you so much for your support over the last few weeks and spreading the word about the Black Girl Business Bar podcast and for your support at the beginning of this journey. It means the world to me. Second, I would love it if you could review and rate the podcast on Apple Podcast. I'll be dropping episodes once a week. So check back here next Tuesday in your favorite podcast app. My name is Khalida Dubose. If you want more information on me, you can visit my website at khalidadubose.com. Follow me on social media by searching my first and last name. That's spelled K-H-A-L-I-D-A-D-U-B-O-S-E. And as always, if anything from this show resonated with you or was an aha moment for you and you want to share it, please let me know by sending me an email to Khalida at blackgirlbusinessbar.com. I look forward to hearing from you.